You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. <sighs> All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome in. Did you watch the Super Bowl or did you watch five hours of cartoons? Um, all that plus Green Bay Packers news and updates ahead. We got an MVP. We got a new DC. We got a new STC, I guess, is this the initials. Um, it is officially, like officially, officially the offseason here at the APC podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com, part of SB Nation. Follow us at the APC pod on Twitter. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. And uh, we got a treat for you guys today. First, I'm joined by uh, so fresh and so clean, hot off the uh, the haircut train here out in Brooklyn. It's Alex Patakis. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, man. Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm a little more disheveled than you. You got you got this nice quaff going. You look good. <laughs> it's the one day my hair will look right because I don't know how to style it myself. Uh, 30 years into it. I, I don't know how. So It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be as disheveled as I usually am. Well, speaking of disheveled, and we'll go, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll go, I guess, a little sports radio here to, uh, to Ben in a car. It is a thrill to be joined uh, by our one-time, long-time, forever-time co-host, Mr. Ben Foldy. Wait, am I still on? You are on. Feels like the audio just cut off. Okay, great. Yeah, that's the real. That's the real Ben in a car effect. <laughs> can you yeah. can can you turn your radio down? <laughs> turn your radio down. Um. Yeah. Hey guys. Hey, I said. Um. Speaking of disheveled, because you you let slip before we hit record that you haven't had a haircut in a year, and we're gonna need we're gonna need photo proof of that. I will. I will provide. I mean, the other the, that also correlates with my decision to start watching hockey again, and so I, uh, I feel like I fit in more there with my people. Um, solid hockey hair going. Yeah, hockey hair, Ben. It's been a. I feel like you weren't on at all this season. What's What's your life like? You're literally in a car right now. What give us Give us the uh, the thirty second <laughs> update. Was I not on at all? Did I really not make a single episode? Not a, not a single one. <laughs> Jesus, um, what's my life like? Most of the, I, I I barely leave my house most of the time. I uh, cover the auto industry and its delightful uh, journey through this pandemic. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> never never a dull moment, uh, except for all the dull moments. But um. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's i don't know i i I have i have trouble uh i have trouble describing it i feel like everybody's in the same boat and everybody's on their own island at the same time um yeah i don't know it's like uh there's work from home and there's live at work and i think i'm more the latter i'm so glad Um, to have you even just for a moment to have you back on the show because you say things like everyone's in the same boat and also everyone's on an island (laughs) It's like poetry. Ah. 
Yeah, me and me and <laughs> me and Jair are on an island, and uh, we're also in a boat because this metaphor really holds together well. <laughs> it, really, uh, it really holds water. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like I. It's funny. I mean, I don't know. What did you guys talk about for the last year? <laughs> like, I mean, you say like. <laughs> how are you doing? What's going on? And yeah. it's like, I don't know. I stayed home and I didn't go outside and I haven't seen a new person in, you know, four months. I don't know. <laughs> like, what's the answer to that question supposed to be? Yeah. I mean, we had this whole like content arc of the season that started like, this is weird. Is it going to feel real? It feels kind of real. And then you get into like midway through the season and everything's gangbusters. And I felt like it was, it became kind of, it, it was almost like, uh, Alex, and you can speak to this too, but for me, doing the show and football was like this weird normalizing thing where everything else was oh, so totally. abnormal. Yeah. I mean, I think I think sports for sure. I mean, watching the games gave me that, even as I did it largely alone. Um, the, uh, But, I mean, it's like I just had this thought that like, you know, normally you like kind of have this steady churn of meeting people in your life, you know, through whatever circumstances. And it's like the people I've, I've met in the past year are like Dominic. Daphne um like yeah I don't know wait you met Dominic Daphne no but I feel like that's like the <laughs> most I learned about anybody this year was like oh I'm gonna read up on Dominic Daphne I was like, like that's like you, my like, guy that casual con- you don't have like that casual conversation with XYZ from right. work or whoever you right. know so it's like oh well now I know more about this person than I should and that's the only new entrant in my life in the past six months. <laughs> so sports oh, was kind of good for that. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Um, and also like, yeah. And then also that feeling too, of like whenever you turned on a game and saw fans in the stands, you're like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. I'm going to engage it anyway. And, yeah. And there were progressively more fans in the stands as the season went on in some of these road games and, and even at Lambeau. And I just like, yeah. Every time I became more and more uncomfortable with that. How how lucky is the NFL that the season that it decided to pretend to care about race issues was the season that coincidentally also didn't have any fans in the stands. <laughs> Super wow. lucky. Ben Foldy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's back. Oh my God. Back. I probably shouldn't say stuff like that nah. given my work position, but you know, whatever. Let it let it hang loose. Let it hang loose like your luxurious hockey hair, my friend. <laughs> can, can I ask a non a non football question? I mean, I feel like you're covering well, too bad. You're covering a, an industry that has to be like booming right now, right? Or am I like I, I got an email from my job today that said there is an added two to three week lead time on our products because there's a steel shortage because too many people are buying cars. <laughs> That's interesting. I yeah the the auto well so the auto industry is booming. I got a car during the pandemic. I never wanted to drive around here. I was like, fuck that. And now I'm, I'm like, that's all I do. There's that phenomenon of like, you know, public transit, not whatever. Um, I think like a lot of things, it is a K-shaped recovery, as you'll hear if you listen to, I don't know, Planet Money or whatever. Yeah, marketplace. Um, or mar- what's a <laughs> marketplace, marketplace. The high end of the industry did pretty well over the past couple of months. I mean, so it's weird. So in March of April, March and April, when the plants went down last year, everybody thought it was going to be a disaster. And then 
people were staying home, people had more disposable income because they weren't spending it on traveling and eating out and flying and all the other things that bring us joy. Um, and they started buying cars. And they, yeah, so cars have been a hot, hot commodity, so to speak. But um, the issue is that its uh, inventories are pretty tight because basically you you lost like two months of production back in the spring yeah and then and then you have you know you have your kind of normal covid covid related um reduction of kind of efficiency in the factory right like if you have to have people work six feet apart or yada 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 can slow down your factory line and then um and now you have this big semiconductor shortage which uh is also slowing slowing things down so i you know like a lot of industries i think it's it's uh it's a really weird economic situation right because it's very clear that some things are going very very wrong and then there's all these other things that normally when everything is going very very wrong you expect wouldn't be doing well um but there's i mean like i i'm more curious to hear like what's the office institutional (laughs) furniture market like these days like yeah um yeah yeah, an interesting one. We'll just all go around and talk for five minutes about our respective industries that we work in. <laughs> How's work, right? Uh, um, uh, no, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I think more than ever, um, there is a demand for like what we preach, and that is like basically just making a case for like the importance of the office space. I think a lot of people would feel otherwise, but I think everyone's really tired of working from home, um, and I think all the like good things about the office that we miss are kind of just like what we're um, peddling now. But I think the future is going to be like a hybrid model, which I'm cool with. That's kind of how we worked anyway, you know, like in the office, some of the time when needed um, home, you know, I think everybody wants that flexibility now, but I particularly think like millennials and later are the generations that actually crave being back to the office. And that's like what, 30 to 36% of the workforce or something and like growing. So um, it's weird because I think like the older people are, the more they like work from home for different reasons. Um, And I think companies are realizing they have to cater to like the up and comers and a huge portion of their, their workforce. So it's all right. It's picking. It's picking back up a little, but I mean, it was at a dead halt too. I mean, we also stopped manufacturing in all everywhere, um, Asia, Europe, and the Americas. So it's like we weren't doing shit for months. <laughs> you know, like we were, we were just sitting around. We couldn't even sell stuff because we couldn't even make it. So it's like all right, um, but uh, it's, it's on the rebound now. Um, and we're you know, I'm lucky to work for like the a bigger company, the biggest company in the industry, where we're kind of leading the conversation on the future of the workplace and like partnered with MIT to talk about like disease, like risk mitigation and office layouts and stuff like that. It's just creating the materiality you use for your products. It's nuts. So it's actually, if anything, it's it's gotten more interesting as an industry than it ever was. Who, who um, do you work for? Like what, what companies? Steelcase. So they're based in Michigan. Yeah, you... you you might know a little bit about them. Oh, well, their, their CEO went from Steelcase to Ford, Jim Hackett. 
Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. See, wow. Look at this. We gotta have. We'll just we'll change the format <laughs> Zach of the show. Is like marking down, cutting out the last fifteen minutes. Uh, okay. This is now a business uh, podcast. I'm Kai Rizdahl. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, what's more interesting than um, like those real life things, like fucking special teams, pers- special teams coordinators. Yeah. Although, I mean, like, I'm excited about him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It took the first blurb of the Packers.com uh, little intro piece, which is just, like, always a puff piece for me to be like, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, the thing with, like, how many special teams coordinators have we churned through, all of which we expect? We're like, well, it can't be any worse than the last guy. Yeah. And then somehow they all turn out to be just as bad or worse than the last guy. Yeah. Okay. So we've now, we're officially, we've transitioned into football talk. So I guess we'll, we'll start there, but well, if you want to talk about remote work, you get get some time to talk about your work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You were a remote worker like well before all of this. So I'd be curious from like your perspective, like what it's like now, because to you, it's just like, you know, I've been doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any uh, insights or observation. I think you summed it up. I've been doing it. It's the way that I prefer to work. Uh, there are people who are a little younger than us. I mean, I'm technically a millennial. I'm 36 years old, but I love uh, remote work. I love working from home. I'm definitely not a type A personality. So for me, it's just been more of the same, and it's been great. And I feel fortunate to work for a company that lets me lets me do it. I don't know. I don't have any broad economic observations like you guys <laughs> like you guys but do. you don't get lonely i mean that's what i i'm like i don't know I, that's the, the the whole like every day is the same i roll out of bed i roll onto my computer sometimes like physically roll onto it um <laughs> like that's what a visual i don't know I'm, I'm ready for that to like change into something else yeah well see the thing is um you know, as a, as a remote worker, like I don't have to work in my home office. I could theoretically work anywhere. So there is, you know, once like coffee shops open back up and stuff like, like I can change my location or I can actually visit the office where everyone else in my company works. Like I can do those things. And I, I would say that I am looking forward to that. So yeah, there is like a monotony that, um, that is setting in, but I feel like I have, <laughs> I have higher tolerance for that than, than some people do. That's yeah. right. You also have a dog, though, right? That's yes. helpful. And my partner is here as well, and so we we got like a nice little cohort. And um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I, I'm fine. I will say this: <laughs> the month the month I spent in Denver, with, like I was kind of adjacent to my parents. Um, you know, I would I would make an effort to take like an hour or so to eat lunch with my mom every day, and that made a big difference. I think I think sometimes it's just the like largely being alone all day can be a real drag yeah. when your your human contact comes from gchat messages yeah my company does a good job too of like ha- trying to do like online social things and like mailing everybody cool stuff and like finding ways for us to to um interact and be together apart which i appreciate so yeah always hard yeah. to strike a balance there right like sometimes you're like please stop trying to make me be social through the internet. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, Oh, this is helpful. Well, I, I, you know, I only started a number of months ago. So, uh, although I have a low tolerance for that stuff, I'm like, I just should say yes to everything. Cause I want to like meet people and ingratiate myself and show that I'm a, you know, a good guy, yeah. a smart, 
person, a team player, all that stuff. Which you are, as evidenced by uh, the, the, the current podcast. <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm being so cooperative, playing along as we uh, all talk about our, our work situations. But I make no apologies to the listeners because, um, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, it's been a year, you know, since it's been a whole football season since, Ben, we've had you on and um, you've been part of the show and... Um, it's, and if we if we had a if we had a call-in board, we we would open it up to 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 longtime fans and listeners to hear about their lives and triumphs and losses and hopes and dreams and COVID existence. And jo- Joe at work, you're on the air. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> Kansas City uh, medic, 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 Missouri. Where where are you at? Um, Our new friend who uh, runs a wine store. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It owns a wine store. Oh man, uh, we got. I'll, you missed a lot. Oh yeah, I'll show you the whole. There's like a Santana Dotson tie-in. So I should be 100, percent you know, uh, full disclosure on this. I've largely tried to curb my Twitter use. Um, so I might, if I'm, if I sound a little behind on something, it might be because I am. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, tw- Twitter. I think for my sanity was something I had to cut out for the you know during the pandemic and the general state of the world, but, um, yeah, you know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering how like our expert game pickers in Brazil are doing like all these people. It'd be so cool to just have like a, uh, zoom happy hour with all those people or something. Oh um, man. Yeah. We should have some that's kind a pretty of good like, idea. What else are we gonna do in the off some season? Some kind of listener thing, like, some kind of virtual event. We have to, we were just talking about like not making people do too many virtual things. Now we're like, let's all do a Zoom with well, all my whole life is virtual listeners. things. I have meetings I have to pretend to be interested in and everything, you know. Um, so I just it's not as big as a struggle for me. But oh man, this is a great um, idea. We'll, yeah, we'll make I'm liking a, that. A little get together. All right. We're gonna all right. All right. I'm officially drawing the line and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, some Packers news. Uh, before everyone starts to to jump ship, but um, you know, you Ben, you had touched on um, special teams, so I guess we'll we'll start there. Um, Maury Straten uh, getting promoted um, internally to be the Packers special teams uh, coordinator. So the human thumb, Sean Menenga, is out. Um, I don't know thoughts and initial reactions, Alex. I was. Um, I, first, first of all, on Menenga, I was skeptical from his very first press conference because I had this weird feeling based on what he said and the way he talked that he didn't really take special teams very seriously. And I don't that's like literally a gut feeling and it's not based on any facts. But still, my hackles were up <laughs> during that interview. I was like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> they should have you in the uh, in the, the, the interview process. Just like Zach. What do you think? What do you think of this guy? What's your gut feeling? My hackles are up. <laughs> Looks like a thumb. Get him out of here. And then they say, what's a hackle? I play football. Hackles, not tackles. <laughs> <laughs> we broke Alex. Oh, uh, man. Um, I don't remember what you asked me. Whatever. I think it's fine. Should we talk about the defense? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I guess I'm glad he's gone. You know, I'm hopeful. Well, but... I mean, Ben, to your to your earlier point, it has been sort of like this parade of bad to worse coordinate. I mean, like, um, I don't know. I feel like over the past ten, it's been Menenga and Zook, and it was. I feel like it was bad before that, and it's just. I, I don't. There's just Alex. To your point, what is there to talk about? 
you know, we can talk about, as you mentioned at the top, the sort of little uh, five things to know puff piece on Packers.com about Maurice Drayton, as I'm, I'm sure we all read. Um, and there's some fun factoids in there. But the, the truth is um, there's not 100 guys out there who are amazing special teams coordinators. So yeah. there's really not, you know, like y- y- you either are really good at it and you're not available because it's the thing that you do for some team forever, like the Patriots or whatever. Um or you get promoted from within or it's your way to, you know, climb the coaching ladder and no one's ever heard of you before. And that's kind of like, that's the dance every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. I, it, it's well, first off, I guess I would just say that there's not a single hire that they would make unless it was probably Ron Zook as a replacement for Menengo that I feel like I would have a strong opinion on. But in general, promoting from within, I think, is not something I have an issue with because I think that when we just like judge coordinators and whether or not they should get fired, we in large part just loop in all of their assistants. And I don't necessarily think that's fair. Like I think Dom Capers was a garbage defensive coordinator towards the end. And there were still a lot of assistants on that staff that were really good. And it's special teams. Like, do you need a whole, like, first off, I don't know if you even call it a scheme change, like how many variations of specialty, you know, of, (laughs) of what you do on special teams can there actually be? So Here's he's the already scheme. there and players like him and he's like, you know what I mean? It's not some crazy transition. It's just like, get this guy who looks like a thumb and doesn't take special <laughs> teams seriously, even though he's a special teams coordinator out of here. It's a win, right? And get if your personnel is better, you'll do okay. If you have a returner who's capable of something, guess what? That masks a lot of shit. So... Um, <clears throat> It goes back. I mean, it does go to this question of like, what exactly does a special teams coordinator do, and why? Like, other than okay, you're going to run down the field as fast as you can, and you're going to tackle the guy who has the ball. Like, and I don't know if that does that does that like create like a talent funnel in football? Like, nobody wants to coach special teams because there's not like, you know, nobody's going to like hire you as a great scheme innovator or something. Like, you're not going to coolest thing you can do is like a weird fake punt or something i think that the latter would go you would be a special teams coordinator and then you would move sort of laterally into like an assistant coordinator for offense or defense and like that would be your sort of pipeline but yeah no one's being Unless like, you're like oh. john harbaugh wouldn't he go from special teams coordinator to head coach with the ravens i mean i, I guess the other thing maybe a special teams coach can bring is like the ability to relate to or just get along with players enough to motivate them to want to like be good on special teams. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I feel like if there is a such like a, a, a somewhat important position that is also kind of just a hype guy, like special teams coordinator is that right. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of it's want to man. A lot of it's just like, you want to want to go down the field and sacrifice your body so that they don't return the ball out to the four. Like, like, well, that, I mean, that's the other thing is that it almost seems like it should be treated as like a developmental position right like it's like your job is to get you know fifth string quarter cornerbacks and you know the backup linebackers to be coachable you know open to learning scheme as it gets more complicated you know keep them engaged keep them focused can you get can you convince paris lennon to run down the field at full speed (laughs) yeah I mean, and I, and I don't think that's just, and I, I mean that sincerely, like, I don't think that's just like an emotional thing. 
Like, it's not like, can you get Josh Jackson to want to run through a, a wall? Um, but it's also like, you know, it's, it's such a detail oriented spot that it does sort of seem like it's like, if you can show you're coachable on special teams, somehow you can be coachable to work your way into the, the real defense or at least the scout team or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's all like, it's, it's all these guys second jobs, right? Like it's everyone who's in these meetings is also like in their respective position groups, everyone other than specialists. So it's like, in some ways it's like the last thing they want to think about. Cause they're thinking about trying to get on the field for their respective position, but it's the most important thing for them to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Defensive coordinator is exciting. Maybe we should just talk. Yeah, about- let's just we'll move we'll move on as we about- struggle to. Make- well, it was it was exciting until they hired Barry. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about that too because I mean, full disclosure, and I think everyone who listens to our show regularly knows this. We're not experts. We don't pretend to be experts, and and we solicit expert opinions on the show when we need them. But we'll also admit when we don't know things, and there's a lot that we don't know, and I think that most people. Uh, don't really know about uh, what's going on here uh, with Barry, um, not just uh, how he came to be the pick, but also sort of his uh, weirdly storied um, career. But we'll start at the beginning. Mike Patton and the Packers uh, mutually agree that he is fired. Uh, <laughs> mutually <laughs> mutually <laughs> agree to part ways um, after his contract expired. And, um, I think most of Packer nation, at least, uh, those that dwell on Twitter with me and the other low lifes, uh, let out a collective sigh of relief. Jim Leonard was, uh, reported, uh, to be, I think most people's favorite. I feel like that was the fan favorite, um, interviewed twice. I just like short dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interviewed twice. He ended up saying no thanks. Um, I think my salary and the security at the University of Wisconsin is is more appealing. So before we get to Joe Barry, I don't know if you guys have any opinions on, on Jim Leonard. Did you want him or not? Are you surprised that someone like that would interview and then turn down the job? Can, can I rewind one sec just to ask? I mean, I'm curious. I know, Zach, you aired your opinion and the opinion of Twitter, and I think, you know, it's it's real... Do we think that Petten deserved to be gone? And do we think that this is necessarily an upgrade? I feel like, because I feel like, like any coaching decision, the question has to be like, what is the opportunity cost of whoever you didn't hire? Uh, and I think Mike Petten is also one person we did not hire to stay on, right? Yep. So I, I like, I do think, you know, Petten really, like, at, towards the end of the season, I thought kind of had. He could have stayed if he wanted to until the Tampa Bay game, right? Like, he pulled it together when it mattered until he suddenly did. Um, but I actually don't even think his performance in the Tampa Bay game was all that bad, other than a few, like, glaring, shitty plays. But I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. I mean, the glaring, like, the the, sh- the shittiest, most glaringest shining example that I can think of is the Scotty Miller touchdown um, just before halftime. And, and to me... That I I get what you're saying, Ben. I don't want to be too knee jerk. This is going to sound knee jerk, but like that play call was almost a fireable offense to me. I just like everything. The season is on the line and you and you call a play that a 12 year old in Madden knows not to call. 
that I know I'm an idiot and I know not to call that play. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I get what you're saying, but I, there's just these little moments like that. And there's enough of those moments that you just wonder what was this guy doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Point's fizzling, that, that, but. To me is an unforgivable one. I agree. I think there's just some things that you, you can't live with and that's, one of them, and it's not the only one, you know. Um, it resurfaced at the min- most inopportune time um, in the Tampa Bay game, but it's not the only time things have happened like that during his tenure. I mean, two straight embarrassments in NFC Championships games is like that's enough for me, man. Yeah. To li- <laughs> I mean, um, the, the, here's here's I think a a a, a better point for for me that, that than just the the one play and the shiny example. You you played Tampa Bay twice, and you failed twice in the same season. And then before that, yeah. you played San Francisco twice, and you failed twice. And it's see, it's just it's just to me those are examples of almost that that Mike McCarthy era sort of thing where it's just like we're just going to do what we do better than you do what you do regardless of scheme we're just going to keep doing the same thing until it works and maybe i'm oversimplifying it i'm sure that i am but to me to have those um in back-to-back years uh, sort of uh two losses to the same team where it's like what like what did you change to become better the next time because to the fan we just see another heartbreaking loss i don't know yeah yeah uh well said, right? I mean, I also think that we probably saw... The other thing is, like, it's not like he, he had such a short stint in Green Bay. So even if maybe you fix some of those things, like, do we feel like they're the ceiling of what this team is with this personnel and he him as the coordinator has already been reached? And if so, it's clearly not good enough, you know? You kind of just need to catch lightning in a bottle. That's why coaches shift around so much. You just need, like, the perfect storm of the right guy with the right scheme and the right personnel and some injury luck. Um, so, and you just got to keep rolling the dice, man. Like I'm, I'm ready. I, I guess I haven't seen as much of the criticism of, of Joe Barry. And so I don't, I don't understand what people don't like about that hire so much. Like I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, if I'm just assuming, right, that LaFleur has a chance to like continue to build out his staff, almost one of the first, you know, few qualities I would expect to be, you know, of someone that's going to be on his list would be someone that one, he may have coached with in the past and two happens to be, whether it's by his own doing or not associated with uh, or play a, a role in a really successful scheme. It's like, check, check, you know? So it's like, I know it's not like a flashy name or anything, but like, I don't know. He, he, he checks the, like the obvious ones and it's not, you know, that's not like a smart thing at all, but like these guys always like look to coach with the guys that they already know, you know, that they've already spent time with and that have been around in a system that they feel like is like what they kind of want to model themselves after. So I guess, what is it about Joe Barry that people don't like? Is it just that Wade Phillips was like the guy calling the shots and we wanted Wade Phillips? Well, a, a couple of things that I've seen, Alex, that, in terms of what people don't like about the Barry hire is um, one is, is nepotism in, in 
a time and in a world where there's a, a lot of attention paid uh, in the NFL right now to which coaches are getting which opportunities, I think that, that you look at Joe Barry's um, trajectory throughout his career and you see the father of his wife or like a brother-in-law or like you see like a family connection or like a, you know, in, in some way. And so I think people are bothered by that. Um, they, they marry that um, aspect of his sort of career trajectory along with a, a statistically very poor track record when he was a DC, which he has been twice in his career um, in Detroit, I believe in 07, 08. I'm just off the top of my head. I, I might be wrong. Sounds um, right. And then um, also in, in Washington. Um, and some people would say they didn't have any talent on those teams. And, and I haven't looked, it might be true, but the numbers are not good. And so I'm just Alex to, to your question, echoing what people don't like, but I also, you know, I, I talked a little bit to, um, I was also lukewarm on the hire and I talked to justice Mosqueda. I, was um, DMing with him and he talked me a little bit off the ledge. And I think he's echoing Alex, what you've already said, which is that, you know, they, they clearly, they did a real search and, you know, they wanted someone who could run the Rams scheme. Um, and there aren't too many of those guys and there aren't too many like de- true defensive innovators available right now. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I, in full transparency, I was not aware of the nepotism stuff. So that makes sense as an easy thing that people wouldn't like totally. Um, but if you're like concerned about maybe not, a defense not having that great of numbers when he's a DC in Washington, I mean, was hiring the OC of the Jaguars cool? Yeah. But Nathaniel Hackett's like now all of a sudden a fucking genius and probably, you know, might be a head coach in the league sometime soon. And he doesn't even call plays. You know what I mean? Like, again, I, I just, I don't know. I I almost feel like I have to trust proven decision makers. Um, And I feel like the Packers have made some really good decisions lately um, until they prove me wrong. Although I guess to combat that, you'd be like, well, what about Menenga? And I'd be like, all right, fine. The Menenga thing highlights something else, right? Which is that Menenga was also the most high profile case of the new regime where they missed out on a candidate that they wanted. Yep. And that is being played out again here. And I think that raises the question of, A, why are the Packers not a kind of, of course, you know, organization, especially for a guy from Wisconsin? Um, and, and B, you know, like, like what kind of football coach is like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to take a shot on Aaron Rodgers, you know, pissed off Aaron Rodgers, MVP. You know, I don't, I just don't, I don't understand Leonard not taking it. And I worry a little if it's a, another case of the Packers pinching pennies where they don't necessarily need to. But every time I feel that about Russ Ball, I end up, you know, coming around to him eventually. So, yeah, I I've heard that argument as well. Echoed on Twitter, people saying what's wrong with Leonard. How could he possibly turn this job down? It seems too good to be true, but it takes a lot to pry away these college coaches from their college jobs where they make a buttload of money They've got a ton of job security, and there are some rumors that he's being, you know, whispered to that, hey, the head coach seat is being kept warm for you. And that's, again, those are just rumors, but he's got job security there. He's getting paid a ton of money. He lives in Madison, which is a better city. 
<laughs> I'm gonna yeah. like, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. I would much rather live in Madison than than in in Green Bay. I get the lore of the Packers. Obviously, I believe it enough that I do this stupid show. Um, but I kind of get wanting to stay with your cushy college job. No, I get it. I'm not. I but I, I guess I don't know. I guess maybe in my head, being you know. 600 miles away at this point i'm like oh madison and green bay are like a cop skipping a jump from you know it's just like i don't see one ecosystem canceling out the other like badger fans you know would be excited to get a super bowl winning dc from the packers as they would you know like i just don't see it changing the trajectory one way or the other yeah um but i guess you know leaving leaving the building is always a risk if you want to come back um because someone else will come in and show that they're just as good at running the nation's top five defense potentially. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I, I feel like I go through this every year of like some decision where Russ ball seems like he has too much power and then manages to make a really competitive roster anyway, or make the right decision on some staff. And, and I, I come around to it eventually. Yeah. I just keep coming back to, um, and Alex, you said this a little bit, but the, the the phrase I keep hitting on is to trust the process. And Alex, you used the example of of Nathaniel Hackett. And I heard someone else, I wish I could credit you, I'm sorry, someone else, I was listening to a podcast um, recently, used that same example, a guy who, you know, this is a, a, a big deal position and they bring in this guy and Packers fans let out a collective like, who, why, why would you like, he was literally fired by the Jaguars. Why would we hire this person? And it turned out to be a great move. And again, like, you know, Menenga is the other version of that, but, um, I don't know. We don't know anything. All we can do is, uh, is trust the process. And, and there, to me, there's no, there's going to, there's a lot of fans out there and a lot of uh, content makers who are wringing their hands about all that is bad about all of these moves and I just don't want to live like that. <laughs> I don't want to live my life yeah. like that. Yeah, there's more important things to do. I guess, I mean, I think I think also the people who were upset about not drafting a wide receiver are, are also going to, you know, like, this is, this, is, this is, at least until the draft, or if there is a draft, going to be, you know, the, why did we draft a wide, wide receiver for the next couple months until there's an actual football thing to talk about again? The Venn diagram is a circle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else we can talk about since we are just sitting here admitting we don't know anything? Rogers won the MVP. We haven't talked about uh, Yeah, Rogers might be engaged. <laughs> I didn't even realize that's the news. I didn't even realize he'd broken up with Danica Patrick. Like that's, that's how out of the loop I am. Man, you're off Twitter, your hair is, you know, in a in a man bun and you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I have no clue what's going on with Aaron Rodgers' love life, which is not a position I like to be in. I would like to make clear. <laughs> you like to? You're usually ensconced in the details. I know. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I don't. It's uh, good for him. Good. For, that's all I got to say about that. Good for him. I hope he's happy. I like that. I tried to tee up a little lighthearted MVP talk, and you're just like, he's engaged. Big deal. <laughs> That's a bigger deal, is it? I mean, I don't know. It's a big deal. It's not a bigger deal to, to Packers fans, but it's probably a bigger deal to him, I would hope. Sure, personally, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it was a good good MVP. Great, great MVP season. Much much deserved. Yeah, what's there to say? I mean, I, don't, I guess, I don't know. 
I guess I'm not like I'm wondering. I feel like there's a part of me that wants to be like, never mind. Just cut all this part. Fuck it. <laughs> I've cut none of this. It's going to be an hour and off about us talking about the economy and Rogers' uh, love life. <laughs> nice. Did you? What about the Super Bowl? Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, as I teased at the top of the show. Um, I didn't watch it. I kept track a little bit on my phone. Um, I saw a few plays, but uh, we watched Wally. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. Great movie, super yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched old Simpsons episodes. We just marathoned like six hours of cartoons, and uh, it was a great um, Sunday evening <laughs> without football. Did you watch the episode with the Super Bowl ad of the Catholic Church? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I always love that one. These Super Bowl ads are getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, one 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 thing maybe relevant to the podcast that I feel like was probably already talked about on every Packer podcast is like the way the Super Bowl made you feel, other than how shitty it was to watch that guy win again. Um, the Packers were so good this year. Yeah. <laughs> Without David Bakhtiari, like their offense looked confident. Competent, and I know that the Chiefs were missing multiple linemen, but like that was a version of the Chiefs we had not seen, and that's what the Bucks are capable of. And the Packers really should have beaten that team. Yeah. You know, like that made me really like not not it, like last year at the finish line when it was over, I was like, yeah, the Packers just weren't good enough anyway. No. Um, this year, it wasn't like oh man, they they could have done it. Like I wasn't sad about it. I was actually just like happy. I was like, you know what? Everything we believed about this team all year and their ability to be great is 100% true because that defense has the ability to wreck people and it wrecked them in the regular season. But in the NFC Championship, like, that was still anybody's game. Um, I just couldn't believe what we saw, like, from the Chiefs' offense. Yeah. And I also couldn't believe some of the throws Patrick Mahomes made in, like, one of his worst games ever. Yeah. But uh, I know, Zach, you didn't see it, but you had to have seen, like, the you know lateral to the ground yeah dart he threw like yeah. if you saw a few plays i'm sure that's got to be one of them um that guy is so fucking fun yeah and everyone who was hyping up brady versus mahomes give me a break you wouldn't have rather watched rogers versus mahomes that would have been such an entertaining super bowl yeah because the packers would have come close to stopping kansas city i mean i just the i don't know we don't need to turn this into like an anti brady screed podcast because because brady is he is the best short passer of all time, but that's fucking boring, man. I don't want to watch that anymore. I don't want to watch that guy win Super Bowls anymore. It's boring. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is clearly the best person at being on Super Bowl winning teams. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately confused by anybody who would rather watch Tom Brady than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I just uh, the last time Tom Brady made me say, "Wow, I can't remember." Yeah. I think it was when he kissed his his son on the lips. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Oh my god! I feel like the show is not going to get any better than that. Personally, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to call that a podcast. I think because I'm I'm out of topics, and we're just we're talking about the Buccaneers now. So, where's that polka? <laughs> uh, ben Ben in a car. Thank you. Um, 
for to, for taking some time here on your on your drive. It's 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 been great to hear your voice, and I, I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. I I wouldn't be so sure, but <laughs> thanks for having me. I don't have to thank you for having me on my podcast. What am yeah. I doing? I know. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully I can uh, be a little more present in moving forward. We will, we have the technology or we will soon. We'll find, we'll find ways to, to make it work. Yeah, it's been too be, long. There'll be some content, content generating ideas and stories percolating yeah. through the football world. And, uh, and not every time we have you on, will be, uh, 15 minutes about <laughs> talking about the auto. Industry. No, that's probably true. That but if just, you guys ever want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens, I'm paying them a lot of attention these days. Well, we'll I'll shoot that one out to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another Zoom happy hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Get at us on Twitter at the APC Pod and let us know if you'd be interested in that. Or uh, we'll make it a Patreon thing. Give us some money. And no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, but you should give money before we go um, to the Cycle for Survival. Fundraiser is still going on, Alex. Uh, it's in your pinned tweet. It's also uh, at the APC pod on Twitter, our link tree. We've said everything there is to say. It's an important cause and people need to give us a little money for it. Well, I just wanted to say <laughs> thanks um, to you or maybe to, to Tex, uh, Matub, and, and Badger Noonan because uh, that was really cool that you guys did like a little prop uh, bet thing. Um, that you happen to win. Congrats. Thank you. Um, a lot of people were big wrong on Super Bowl Sunday about a lot of things. Um, yeah, I, I and, watched uh, Wally instead of the Super Bowl, but I did win prop bets for charity. <laughs> yeah, which was really cool. So thank you guys for choosing um, that, uh, our team and that charity to give the, or that cause to give the money to. I really appreciate that. That was awesome. Yeah. And I did a bad job of teeing it up, but um, if you hadn't, haven't heard us talk about it before, um, Cycle for Survival, all of the proceeds go to Memorial Sloan Kettering um, to uh, fund rare cancer research and, and treatment and um, great organization. And um, yeah, I feel like I was a little flip before telling people to donate, but you really should donate. It's a great cause and we're going we're gonna to keep harping on it because um, it's important. All right, guys, with that, I think uh, I am officially, finally going to hit the polka. And uh, Ben is going to bob up and down to the polka in his car, hopefully not too rambunctiously in that Brooklyn traffic. All right, that's it. It's the off season now. Stuff's happening. I'm glad we, the three of us, got together to uh, hash it out, talk about the economy and our work from home situations. And um, there will be more content this off season. A lot of stuff is changing in green Bay. Some of it is staying the same. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just rambling. We're just going to stop. It's going to stop the show. That's it.
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.